0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study posted each Wednesday evening at 630, which is the time that we meet together at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ for Wednesday night Bible classes. Great time in the middle of the week to kind of set aside our busy schedules and get our spiritual batteries recharged by getting back into God's Word with all of the family of God here at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We encourage you to come and be with us if you can, if you're in the Omaha area, during that time, but also Sunday mornings at 930 for Sunday morning Bible classes. And followed by our worship service at 10 30 and then on sunday evenings we get back together at six o'clock each sunday evening for an evening worship of or an evening period of bible study and worship we hope that you'll come and be with us if you're in the omaha area now we know though that there are people who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. And so they obviously cannot be with us in person. And there are also people in the Omaha area who are not able to be with us because of illness problems, physical problems, handicaps, maybe some scheduling conflicts. But people want to get into God's Word. They want to study. They want to learn. And that is important because, as we keep emphasizing, the scriptures themselves tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful you're there. We're thankful that you want to be in God's Word and that you want to learn and grow in your faith. We encourage you also to share these studies with everybody you can because you know people who need to turn their thinking around. They need to come closer to God. They need to grow in their faith. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share through Facebook, friends, text messages, other technological means with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with everybody you can, literally. Help somebody turn their life around by getting them into God's Word. We encourage you to do that. And also tell everybody to go to our website at churchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, when you do that, you'll automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons. A Monday through Friday daily radio program called Search the Scriptures and what I consider to be a real jewel, a short, only about a 13-minute Bible study every single day called Today's Bible Class. Easy to listen to and especially while you're driving to work in the morning or driving home after work or taking a lunch break at work or taking a break from your chores around the house. Only about 13 minutes. You can fit that into your busy schedule almost without exception, can't you? So take advantage of that. And again, all of that is free and always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven by getting them into God's word and helping them to have a better understanding of what it really says and thereby grow in their faith. So churchofchrist.com. And our church building is located, if you're in the Omaha area, at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. We're going to get back into our study from 1 John. 1 John. And we are going to pick up with verse 16. Now, it's really, to a great extent, a continuation of what we've been looking at over the last several verses, where John has really been emphasizing the connection between loving our brothers and sisters in Christ and keeping God's commandments. He connects the two understandings or the two instructions together repeatedly through this rather short, just five chapters long, letter. First John, love your brothers and sisters in Christ and keep God's commandments. Keep God's commandments and love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, several times he connects the two understandings or the two instructions together. Now, he referred back to as he wrote this, and of course he's writing this by God's direction and guidance, and that's how all of the scriptures were written down, so that the writers would get it right, that it would be God's very word. As the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And the literal meaning there in the Greek is all scripture is God-breathed and so the understanding is it is God's very word. So John, the apostle, was simply one of the penmen, if you can think of him that way, who wrote down God's very word as he wrote first John. Now he also wrote the gospel account according to John, and then he also penned Second John and Third John, very short, one chapter letters each, and he was also the penman who wrote the book of Revelation. And so he did a whole lot of writing by God's guidance through the Holy Spirit of God's word in the New Testament scriptures. But again, he did not think it up on his own. He was writing God's very word guided by God through the Holy Spirit to do it exactly the way God wanted him to. Now, so he referred back to what Jesus said to the apostles of the night of his betrayal in John chapter 13, verses 34, verses 33 and 34, when Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, a new commandment I give to you, I'm sorry, verses 34 and 35, and he said, this is not a suggestion, it's not a good idea, it's not something you ought to think about. He says, this is a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love all, you also love one another. And then in verse 35, he says, this should be an earmark, so to speak, of who you are, a Christian, my follower, my disciple. He says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, our fellow true Christians, is not just an excellent idea. It's a commandment. And John keeps com, keeps connecting that commandment from our Lord and Savior with loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, with keeping God's commandments, plural. It's one of God's commandments to us. Not the only one by any means, but one of them But that one, John says, you keep God's commandments, and let me remind you of this specific one. You love your brothers and sisters in Christ as God has loved you, or as Christ has loved you. So in verses 10 through 15, as we focused upon last time, John was talking about how hating our brother or sister in Christ can make us guilty of murder in God's eyes. Now, not committing the physical act, of shooting somebody, stabbing them, beating them to death, or something like that, or however else you might conceive of, of murdering somebody, but from a spiritual perspective, murdering that person. And so it's condemned. You don't hate your brother or sister in Christ. I, I remember, and I, I may have shared this last time, uh, I, I, I remember a man saying he could not become a Christian because there was someone in his life whom he hated. He hated that person, and he understood that he could not be a Christian and hate somebody, and so he did not become a Christian. I, 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 I pray that one day he will. But how sad to stand before our Lord at judgment, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, and have to own up, To the fact, have to openly admit, I did not devote my life to you because I hated this person back here. And so he had to face, he would have to face losing his soul for all of eternity, being condemned to the judgment in in hell forever and ever because you couldn't let go of hatred for that person how sad and really when you stop and think about it how absurd that would be, that would be now beginning with verse 16 john goes on and he says by this we know love because he laid down his life for us well what a great reminder but also what a great example we have from god and christ demonstrating the ultimate in love for somebody. Now, in verse 9 of chapter 4, John goes on and he says, in this the love of God was manifested toward us. That is, made apparent, brought out, became visible. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. As Paul, the apostle, put it in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, he wrote, and again by God's guidance, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. My What an example of love. We learn love from God. John says a couple of different times in this five-chapter short letter, God is love. And so we need to understand God is love. He is our standard of love. In chapter 4 and verse 8, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if you're struggling with the very principle and reality of love in your life, you're struggling with being able to love, you need to really stop and do some careful self-reflection. And you need to be praying to God to help you open up your heart because God is love. And what what does John say there again? whoever does let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And so John, coming back to chapter 3, he's really going into detail to emphasize we need to love God our true brothers and sisters in Christ. So, verse 16 again. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. Boy, God gave us the ultimate example. He sent his own son to the cross to die to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And so there, again, he's emphasizing what Jesus or what God has done for us and what Jesus has done for us. The perhaps the most familiar verse of Scripture in all of the Bible, John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Hebrews writer repeatedly points to this and emphasizes this demonstration of God's love in sacrificing Jesus on the cross for us in Hebrews chapter 2 in verse 9 but we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone and again in chapter 7 in verse 27 and then in chapter 9 and verse 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. And then in chapter 10 and verse 10, by that will, by God's will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Well, and we could go on with the various scripture references that point out God's love so vividly demonstrated in sending his son to the cross because we needed forgiveness we needed redemption when you go all the way back to the beginning god instituted animal sacrifices as an atonement to pay the price for the guilt of mankind's sins you can see that beginning with with the the first two sons of Adam and Eve that are mentioned in the scriptures, Cain and Abel, in Genesis chapter 4, and they offered, they were instructed by God to offer sacrifice to God in worship to him. And Abel offered an obedient sacrifice, the firstborn of his flock. Cain did not offer the the sacrifice that God had instructed, and therefore, Cain and his sacrifice was rejected by God, but Abel offered the proper sacrifice, an animal sacrifice, and that went on. God expected that all the way through the Old Testament times and through the time that Jesus was upon this cross until he became the ultimate living sacrifice, dying on that cross. And that brought that period of Old Testament law of Moses with its animal sacrifices to a close. Jesus had become the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice, as Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27 points out. And so Jesus was the absolute perfect sacrifice. So God did that for us. Now, at verse 17 of John, 1 John chapter 3, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Well, John comes right back in, to making this connection again, doesn't he? You keep God's commandments, you love your brethren. Loving your brothers and sisters in Christ is part of keeping God's commandments, and they cannot be separated from one another. And so thinking about what God did for us, verse 16, through Christ, Jesus laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. There are different ways that we can lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters in Christ automatically we would think of physically dying for them and i think that would be the ultimate the ultimate way that we would fulfill what john is instructing here god is instructing through john's writing but there are other ways that we live down our li- lay down our lives for our brethren we help them when they're struggling we are there to support them when they're in need We pray for them. We try to go out of our way to serve them in different ways when they need to be served in those ways. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe they've lost their job. Maybe they're suffering with some kind of life-threatening illness or disability. We can be there for them and help them in whatever ways that we are able. And, and in, in those senses, it can be understood that we're laying down our lives for the brethren. It doesn't necessarily mean that it can only be somehow giving our physical life, dying for that person. That would be the ultimate, as Jesus did on the cross, as God sent him to do on the cross. But we can lay down our lives in other ways where we can serve our brethren and sisters in Christ, through means that God has blessed us with and opportunities and abilities that God has blessed us with to be able to serve in those ways. In verse 18, he goes on and he says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. A whole lot of people talk about how much they love God, how much they love Jesus. And they'll talk about how, oh yes, I love everybody, but talk's cheap. John says, uh, God's not interested in just talk. He's interested in action, in deeds. We go back to Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 9. Paul said, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. God wants us to not just talk a good talk. He wants us to walk the walk of faithful dedicated consistent christianity in our lives. Verse 19 of 1 John chapter 3, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, John has been emphasizing repeatedly keeping God's commandments, and he has repeatedly connected that with the commandment that Jesus gave on the night of his betrayal, John 13, verses 34 and 35, to love our brethren, our brothers and sisters in Christ as he loved us. And so John has just been talking about that specifically. And then in verse 19, he says, by this, by fulfilling this commandment, by fulfilling what God has instructed us, what God, what Christ has commanded us to do, to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as keep all of the other commandments of God communicated through his word, by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. How can you know you're saved? In 1 John chapter 5 and Verse 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. But that belief is not just an intellectual understanding and agreement. That kind of saving faith is belief that is put into action through dedication and commitment and obedience and service. It's a lifestyle, not just saying, oh, I believe but a lot of people talk a good game, but they do not live the Christian life consistently and faithfully and in a dedicated way. In fact, you might look at their lifestyle and say, that's not Christian, the way they're living, but they'll say they love God. They'll say that they love Jesus. They'll even say, oh, yeah, I love everybody. But then they curse people out. That doesn't sound like love, does it? So by this, we know that we are of the truth we can have confidence in our salvation as we get into God's Word, as we understand that's what God's Word has taught me to do to come to salvation in Christ. I have obeyed, but not just initially, I continue to be obedient to God's teachings, and so thereby I can have confidence that I am saved. I don't have to go around wondering or doubting Beloved, uh, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. But a whole lot of people say, oh, I know in my heart, I have this feeling in my heart, but they're not living the life. God knows what your heart is really like. He knows what your life is really like. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And and here we have a promise or an encouragement that if we are living as God has commanded us to live, not just one time, not just initially, but every day. We're living that lifestyle of Christianity faithfully, obediently, consistently. Then whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments, because we're living faithfully and obediently and consistently and do those things that are pleasing in his sight going back to 1 first, first John chapter 5 and, and uh, verse, verses 14 and 15 this time. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, now, there's the condition. We need to always have the mindset, as we live our lives, I want to live by God's will. And as we pray for God's blessings, if this is God's will. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Again, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. So we need to be able to live our life in such a way that we can have confidence I am living in Christ faithfully. I'm not just saying words. I'm living the life faithfully, consistently, obediently, so I can have confidence that Christ is in me and that I am in Christ and that God is watching over me and walking with me. We can think about that from the perspective of maybe doing our job. We don't have to wonder if we're doing our job right and consistently, respectfully. We don't have to wonder about our job. We know we're doing what our employer wants us to do. Well, that is just kind of an example or an illustration but the ultimate is what John brings out here. If we are living by the teachings of God's Word consistently and obediently, faithfully, then we can have confidence in our salvation in Christ. We have been baptized into him, Romans 6 and verse 3, and Galatians six uh, 3 and verse 27 the blood that he shed on the cross cleansed us of the guilt of our sins. Acts 2 in verse 38, Acts 22 in verse 16. I can have confidence in my salvation, 1 Peter 3 in verse 21, because I was baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of my sins in obedience to him. And so as Jesus told the apostles he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16 and verses 15 and 16. I can have have confidence in that as I continue to live that saved life in consistent, faithful obedience and dedication. And so verse 23 of 1 John chapter 3, and this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. There it is again. And then verse 24. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him. So it's not just a verbal thing again. It's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling kind of thing again. But to abide in him is to live in him, to live by his commandments. Abides in him and he in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. And how can we know through the Holy Spirit that we are in Christ and he is in us? Through the scriptures, because the writers were guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote so they would be sure to get it correct, and it would be God's very Word. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20, knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. When we read God's Word, we can have confidence that it is God's word. And so when we read his word teaching us how to come to salvation through Christ, how to live the faithful, dedicated Christian life of obedience, we can have confidence that as we are obedient to those commandments, that we're saved in Christ. The Spirit guides us into that confidence through the Word of God that the Spirit guided the penman whom God chose to write down His Word to do it exactly right. We'll pick up with chapter 4 next time. I do pray that this is helping you in your spiritual life. In some cases, giving you instruction as to how to change In other cases, giving you encouragement to keep on keeping on in living the faithful, dedicated, obedient life of a true Christian. And also encouraging us that God really does love us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word to guide us and instruct us, encourage us, and give us confidence that we can look forward to eternal life with you in heaven as we live the true, faithful, dedicated, obedient Christian life before you here on this earth. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please forgive us, we pray, gracious Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.